I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we had a damn good time with The Fugitive, which means today, after Amy Dunn goes missing, presumed dead, everyone is wondering if Nick done it. David Fincher directs Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike in Gillian Flynn's adaptation of her own best-selling novel from 2014, It's Gone Girl. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America right now. Did you kill your wife, Nick? Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. As you all know, my wife, Amy Elliott Dunn, disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. So which film in this week's What Happened to the Wife War will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. They already relieve me of my artisanal meat platter. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome then to part two of this week's Clash as the Fugitive takes on Gone Girl. As you well know, a winner will be declared as the better film in the verdict at the end of this show. As always, before we get going with part two, I say as always, there's been a few weeks where this hasn't happened, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's gonna happen. I'm gonna act like it's gonna happen, and then Chris is gonna go, I didn't do it, I'm not gonna do it, and then we'll just move on. But for the moment, before we get into part two of this week's clash, let's uh, take a dip into the digital mailbag and a review from one of you read by Chris Tilly, aka Chris Thrilly. This comes from Kieran. Oh, we got one. And it's called The Perfect Podcast. Before my Spotify wrapped appeared this year, I knew what I was about to be told. Clash of the Titles was your most listened to podcast by a long stretch. Amazing chemistry between the three presenters, great facts and truly hilarious moments. I find myself coming back to listen to old episodes too. I give a cheer every time Vicky remembers to say, and now it's time for the verdict. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that had cut through. So there we go. you 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 can't make up these catchphrases. They just come to you. How, how, did, how did you not realise that Atlanta did? I somewhere? just didn't. No, I you just. Th- you think we were just carrying it on for our own amusement? I'd 100% hundred percent. We knew. That. We, we got yeah. our finger on the pulse. Oh really? Oh, oh you know yeah. What? It's that all over. Me... It's all over social media. Is it blown up on social media? You're a hashtag. You're a meme. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for making me smile and laugh so regularly. The world needs more people like you three. I don't know about that. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, <laughs> I'm all in. Five stars. That's lovely. Thanks, Kim. I mean, it probably does. I certainly think it could do it more. I just don't want the competition. It's <laughs> really with the angle I'm coming from, Kieran. Competition for what? For resources? Wait, for if someone else, If someone else like me, yeah. then I'll be like, well, I want, I want all the work he's getting. Oh, the work. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, do you know what? That's such a salient point, actually. Thank you. Yeah, you do work in a very competitive yeah, environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do, yeah. Thanks very much, yeah. No, you're, you're crushing it. It's fine, but, yeah. you know, it is. I, Tom Cruise said I was so, Tom Cruise is the only person who's ever used crushing it in my presence before, <laughs> and I was crushing it when he said it. So you're wrong. Tom Cruise is right. Well, I'm wrong that you're crushing it. It, it. It, was, it was a nice, wonderful moment because no one ever thanks to host the premiere. 
cameos and Tom yeah. Cruise comes on stage and goes uh, you know he thanks all the cast the director yeah. and then I'm just sort of standing there waiting to go ladies and gentlemen Tom Cruise and he goes and I want to say thank you to Alex he's crushing it right now <laughs> and I went go what am I <laughs> so shut up but say it again so you've met you've met Tom Cruise I didn't I didn't, oh God, I didn't know that <laughs> you guys have eaten his cake mention <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't get any this year did we yeah. no. no I hit all myself <laughs> rolled around in it <laughs> Uh, right, let's crack on with this episode. So on Monday, Chris reminded us that the fugitive is no train wreck, which means today V is going to see if Fincher can pinch the title of best film as she guides us through Gone Girl. V takes on a journey. Nick and Amy Dunn are awful people who are perfect for each other. You can't trust the word either of them says. She claims he doesn't want a baby, but he does. He's certain he would never physically hurt her, but bashes her head against the wall and calls her the C word. So they're made for each other. Until just two years after getting wed, as in this world, a relationship is inevitably a torture chamber where both of you are compelled to completely despise and destroy each other because marriage. <laughs> Amy's struggling with having to be the cool girl for Nick. More on her later. And Nick's struggling because he's a useless Dick, whose idea of a solid chat-up line is you have an excellent vagina. Wow. So Amy is basically forced to frame him for her murder. <laughs> and she would have gotten away with it too if she hadn't told him her whole plan via filling the woodshed of Nick's got-no-life-of-her-own-at-all twin sister with crap from Amazon. Luckily, even though the husband has literally killed the wife in about 99% of all cases like this, forgiving cop Rhonda Boney, Boney <laughs> listens to what sounds like the ramblings of an abusive nutcase, by which I mean Nick, <laughs> and he's on to Amy. But then she shows up, not at all dead, even though her very carefully laid plan went wrong simply because she got mugged by her neighbours. When couldn't she have just hidden somewhere where she would see absolutely no one for a bit? Anyway, it doesn't matter. She's pregnant now, and we leave them to the sickening and twisted toxic cesspit that is their relationship because marriage. Can't wait to see what these two come up with when they've had nine minutes sleep in the last six months and are covered in milk vomit and yellow poo because parenting oh my god are you gonna write one <laughs> is it like gone mum <laughs> great great pitch that gone mum's a great gone idea yep. <laughs> so i went to the cinema to see this film yep. i've never read the book uh but you know i like but you I read know. it for the show right i read the cool girl bit about 15 times right. yeah no and i'm well we'll just do this now as i've said before and i understand what a snob it makes me and i know it's not very um attractive as a personality trait but if something is massive this book was everywhere i'll be like that's not for me and then what i'll do is i'll read it after everyone has stopped reading it and then i will annoy everyone in the pub by going have you read gone girl and everyone's like yeah we read it four years ago and i'm like isn't it good and we can't remember it so <laughs> yeah, and we I'm can't like, really engage but this bit i'm like is anyone seen breaking bad it's really good so <laughs> that's it? me yeah it's I haven't great seen it yet. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Uh, when did you see this film uh, i watched it uh, at a screening a press screening and i I absolutely bloody loved it at the time. I was came out just like this. That is freaking perfect. That's a perfect movie. Five out of five. I gave it in my review. Um, I hadn't read the book, and still, I don't think I've read the book. I can't remember. I think I might have done, but for whatever it's, reason, it looks like it's something like this. Got loads of pages, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. words all over them. You can't. I've seen one of those all right. before. <laughs> I, the weird thing is, I can't believe I'd have read her two first books, Dark Places and Sharp Objects, if I hadn't read Gone Girl. Have it's, you read the other two? Yeah, I've yeah, read the other yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah. I've read both of those. I've watched, I've watched the show and the movie based on the other two. I've watched the movie. But I've read this. Yeah, okay. What is it? She's a good writer. She's a great writer. <laughs> yeah. This is the only good movie from a book so far, though. Yeah, that other film was sharp, really good. Sharp Objects is bait. Is no, the Sharp Objects is the TV series. Right, that's fine. quite good. Okay. The film is not very good. Got you. I what read the you? book. Okay. <laughs> and the book's Great. brilliant. Yeah. But also, you're reading it thinking, you can't make a film out of this. <laughs> that just wouldn't be possible. And so it was quite a revelation when they did make it, but also super exciting that it was David Fincher. You think, they're probably going to make a good film out of yeah. this. Uh, but when I went to see this at the cinema, I just went to see it locally with my girlfriend at the time, and she was really angry with me. We were like, she was, wasn't talking to me, and I didn't know why. So this was a very uncomfortable experience. And long. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> before the film, oh, I mean, that, as a that, result but, of the film. On the way to the cinema, she seemed to stop talking to me. It's a, I'll tell you about that one in the pub. But, um, and then did you do that thing where you, you're right, she went, yeah? And you went, is there anything, what's the matter? Nothing. 
And then you were like, well, exactly for fuck's what was sake. going down. That was exactly what was going down. I found out like a week after. And um, yeah, so this was very uncomfortable uh, screening. Oh, <laughs> I feel no. bad for you. That's so, it's a sad story. It's a sad yeah. Chris story. But it humanises you, Chris, and that's important on the show. Sometimes, but we need that. Where we do. Hey, maybe I deserved the cold treatment. Ooh, tough guy. Ooh, intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even he can't even say it as a maybe. It's like obviously I didn't though. <laughs> she was in the wrong, but I'll say it. No, it was better. Six of one. Six the, of one. The, the, the first the bit before humanized you, that turned you back into a robot man. <laughs> robot. So let me tell you about this film. So uh, as we have established is it so is it Gillian? Sorry, I didn't listen to any. Yeah, of I believe so. All mm. right. So based on this twenty twelve book, she adapted it as well. So as I said, this book was absolutely everywhere. You couldn't she, move. She started writing this book as soon as she got married. <laughs> <laughs> I did read that she... I read an interview... A a paper... No, a written interview where Mm -hmm. she said to her husband, I'm going to do this, is that all right? Because her husband's lovely, apparently, and they get on very well. But he was like, "Okay, if you want to go there, Gillian, I support you, which is nice. Um, Did you just ask Chris if it was Gillian? Because I I did tell you on the phone when we spoke. Yeah, how does it feel to to be not believed and just have a little source of reference? I see what what you mean, but you... Didn't do that on are purpose. You, you, you did it by accident. So um, did I? Did, have I not been planning it for ages? I don't ages? know. You I'm wouldn't. Sure. You don't know. Check. Also, Fuck it. Ask someone else. in knows me. How often? How often do you have calls to prep for these shows without me? All right, Amy Dunn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you do this every week? Have like a planning call. <laughs> how can we screw Chris over this week? Make him make him think he hasn't done last week. <laughs> Anyway, um, so it sold about six million copies. Now, uh, you know about this. So um, it famously, or depending on which bit of the internet you read, it kind of encouraged an upswing in publishers knocking out a lot of novels with girl in the title. Girl so you, on the train. The girl on the train. And I've read that. And it's, that's great. Like, and, but you've, you just saw these books everywhere when you were on the tube for ages. Girl in the dark, girl on the train, the girl good girl. Girl eating a sandwich. That was good. Girl eating a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, here, the, here, girl. There, girl. Yeah, yep. all of those. Everywhere, girl. Everywhere, girl. Mm. Yeah, I was. I was talking to someone who did a comic at the time, and it was adapted into a film. And their agent was saying to me, there was there was some pressure to call it. It was ended up being called the girl with all the gifts. And they were like, if we stick girl in it, we're go- we're good. But you don't need to. It, call it was it awkward because the male character was the lead. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not joking. The producers were like, can we make them a boy? And he was like, it's called the girl, <laughs> dude. What do you want? <laughs> but it, 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 that's not the only way it changed publishing. There's like a few a few ways. So firstly, she was told by a publisher you you're writing a book with unpleasant characters who aren't likable as your protagonists there's a who done it that's solved in the middle and justice isn't served at the end she sort of disagreed with most of that but equally you can see the point yeah that doesn't sound marketable yeah but also there were two myths she said in, in publishing she was told when she wrote this book men don't read books by women and women don't read books about women who aren't aspirational yeah uh, of which this sort of dispelled both those myths, and it did change things. Yeah, I was, I was, I was being nosy, and I was eavesdropping on a conversation in a very like nice sort of middle class cafe, and it was two men, and they were talking about books they were reading, and what they said it was just with such heart and such honesty. But I was like, God, that's a weird thing to be comfortable with. And he's like, I just don't read books by women. Hmm? And these were two normal nice people. He wasn't having a go. He was just, and he wasn't confessing anything. He was just like, that's just a fact. That's just something so I do. Weird. Why would and, that be in your head? I know. And thought. the other man was like, Well, you should give it a go. And he's like, Maybe. <laughs> like, and it's like books by women. Women, like all the, I, do you know, they're going, all basically the same. To a shop. Yeah. Did, have you got any books by women? <laughs> this is going to sound like a strange question. <laughs> Where's your women's section? <laughs> oh no, I mean, I just, I, it made me angry and then I was like, well, whatever. Why but. were you in a Hooters? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, speaking of things like that. So I didn't read it, but the minute I heard the cool girl monologue, which is you like leaning into that, someone who might go to Hooters and be like, "This is great," kind of thing. The minute I heard that in the film, I was like, "I've been, I've made a mistake by not reading this book." Because mm. the rage of that, and mm. then I read the the um, the copy from the book. It's like that to me. The accuracy, the focus of it, all the anger. That's my sort of thing. Mm. <laughs> like I just love that. So uh, the rights are acquired by Reese Witherspoon because she was going to be Amy, and then that doesn't happen. I didn't read why. Does anyone mind? David no? Fincher told her that she wasn't right. Oh, did he? And she was a bit upset, but ultimately, when he explained his reasons, agreed with him. Really? Grown-ups. Yeah, okay. She's like, well, I'm going to make all the money, I guess, so it yeah. doesn't really matter to I think, me. I think she maybe could have done it. Yeah, I do too. She does come across as Mrs. Perfect. I absolutely think she could have done it. Yeah. I think there's... Did you ever see uh, Little Fires Everywhere, that drama she I did? didn't see it, oh, but she I could, heard it's a big deal. There's elements you could sort of see in that. Yeah. 
Uh, just some of the other names that were, you know, in quote marks, in the mix. It was just a list of actors that were working at that time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Emily Blunt, Jessica Chastain, Abby Corner. She pops up on these lists occasionally. And you think, oh, she, like what? Yeah, Emily Blunt would go on to do her own girl movie. Yeah, yeah, she's good in that. She's, great, yeah. <laughs> she's really good in that. And then um, before they cast Ben Affleck, they were thinking of John Hamm. Uh, yeah, which I think I could see that. Oh, I don't know. All the stuff I read about Ben Affleck, it does make. Per- I'm not like a huge Ben Affleck fan, but uh, it makes sense. I'm going to go early on this because we're going to talk about it. I, he, this is Ben Affleck's best role, sure. and he has never been more perfectly cast than yeah. he is in this movie. And yeah, of course, it's a blurring of Ben Affleck, real Ben Affleck, and the character Nick Dunn that make it work so well. But he is. Just astonishing this because it's this. he doesn't. I've read some quotes and I feel like it as well. Like he's quite generous with like he doesn't he doesn't mind if people think he's a dick and he is a bit of a dick. Like and but you are going oh Ben Affleck's a dick. Like it's really murky, mm. isn't it? But well, as Fincher said, he doesn't mind being the punchline for every joke in the film. Yeah, and that's not a comfortable thing to do on screen. You've got to be comfortable with yourself to be able to to play this role. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that was super exciting because I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Ben Affleck fan, but as a fan of the book, when they said he was going to play Nick, <clears throat> I was like, oh, that's good. Mm. That I get. Yeah. It's that fucking smile that he does in front of her missing poster. Yeah. It's that. It's in that moment, you're just like, oh, it's so good. But it's so, it's, it's a, you, yeah, because it's a really human moment because you understand how that, it hasn't been yeah. decontextualized. He's just, someone's put a camera and you've got, oh, okay, because yeah. you just would. And then you can hear it that anyone would do that, but they're like, you murdered your wife. Mm. And it's like, people do make those judgments all the time if you don't act sad enough or and whatever. That, and that's it. I mean, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that is I'm not. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> And step back. End scene. Go. <laughs> so that's it. Um, the only other quote I wanted to read because I just think it's amazing. So Atticus um, Ross and Trent Reznor who work with David Fincher a lot. They did the music, and Trent Reznor said, "Did you read this quote? It's so good." So the sorry, I just shook my head. Uh, I know we're a podcast. Oh yeah, sorry. I should have Al- said Alex no. Says no. The music quote sounds like a glass of milk you should have thrown out yesterday. <laughs> what is that? How good is that? Like, so that's why that's in my notes because that's awesome that's it that's all I've got to say anymore mm, no no alright then um, are you ready uh, so we open with and it is strong as a voiceover but when I think of my wife I always think of the back of her head and then he goes on to uh, imagine some violence to the back of her head and that's not in the book I think but strong opening because you're mm. like, oh, OK. And she's very glacial looking that Rosamund Pike's got a bit of an ice queen thing going on. Mm. So she seems, you know, unknowable. However, we're five years in. So it's Nick and Amy's marriage is not good. Now, I think that's what they were always kind of expecting. I think there's a lot of projecting because a lot of the voiceover is like in any marriage, you'll have to ask, what have we done to each other? <clears throat> and all the happy people are like, no, you don't. Like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of isn't marriage awful? And are, is everybody supposed to go, yes, it is? Is it not? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> Do you not watch this and consider your decisions for later in the year? I've- Sorry, we'll, we'll put a pin in that. We might come back to it, but not, not heavy, all right? I'm to look forward to it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, when they not met... Not therapy, not therapy. This isn't therapy. <laughs> this isn't therapy. So when they met, so it's all jokes about wheat beer and artisanal meat platters, and they're very judgy at parties, and they're pretending sugar is snow, and there's lots of oral, but now she's gone. And Rhonda Boney is... <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't noticed that, yeah. I can't cope it's, with it. I, Can I you mean, say the word again? The way you say it is quite cool. <laughs> Bony. Yeah, yeah. Bony. Gets a lot, she gets a lot out of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird because it's mentioned a few times, but very quickly. But then Affleck says it later in a sort of movie sideways, like, well, Bony believes me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't say that. Just change the name. It's Gillian, so... you made a mistake. Yeah. Change it for the movie. It's so clearly not a good idea. Anyway, um, I. I find Nick and Amy unbearable, which is fine because they destroy each other. They deserve that. Like they're absolutely it's awful people. The bit where well, but he who, thinks but... it's a good idea to propose in front of journalists in the middle of an interview. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point, isn't it? That their that their marriage is a show that they're putting on airs and graces, and it's they're on show all the time. He's doing that purposely in front of the journalists. Mm. Also, what is real and what isn't? We're talking about unreliable narrators. Sure, so you're yeah. saying they're awful, but a lot of this is her version of this cute couple that she thinks people will want
want to read about when they go through her diary. Yep. Not, not a lot oh, of this. A lot true. of this isn't actually happening. That's that's the most amazing thing because yeah. she's written all of this to make it seem like he's killed her. Yeah, but when she's saying when we met and they're like, it was you know you're supposed to think oh they're two people they're two completely equal people he you know she can meet him with his quips and he is excising that sort of that thing I bang on about that that Douglas Coupland thing where you pick apart people's like cultural preferences and you use it to go you're this and you're this and I'm not that mm. and she's like I see you and I can do that and if you're reading that in a diary you're like oh fuck off the pair of you <laughs> like you're both like I'm not a hipster it's like you blatantly are so it works because I think well fine if either if you both of you end up destroying each other it's the baby you've got to feel sorry for but it's that it still works for me even though they're both completely awful so we learn more about them so the, the cleverness of this film you've got the duality so you've got Nick's live version of events no narration after the initial and the mm. we bookend it with a voiceover and that's when we see in the real stuff isn't it Nick and his sister this is real this is who yeah. this is where we really learn who Nick is mm. yeah and Amy's got an internal version of the years that take us to the today mm. via her diary so voiceover via diary until it, until it switches until we you know until the big reveal in the middle Nick is uh, the kind of guy who does uh, breakfast bourbon love it Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's... He, wor- he works for a men's magazine in the film. He's a film critic in the book. Oh, is, is he? It? Yeah, that's disturbing. Yeah, that's upsetting. For you, I guess. <laughs> really bad mouth in your really? profession. Although <laughs> to, be, to, to be fair, Gillian <laughs> Gillian Flynn was a film critic at Entertainment Weekly. Oh, I didn't know that. And so Nick, Nick's her. Oh, okay. She, she wrote Nick with her traits. Yeah. And then Amy was the one where she was having to come up with more stuff. But yeah, yeah that's autobiographical, Nick. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You kind of touched on this already and we stopped ourselves from going too early. But it's the bit where he is at the first press conference and even when he's with Boney and you're just like... I sort of go, I, that's how you'd be. I think that's how I'd be with the police. If I know that I haven't done it... yeah. I would just not read, like, the room to the extent that you've got to be, like, you've got a fake concern. You've got to be like, oh, my God, what can I do to help and stuff? And he seems like a regular person who admittedly doesn't like his wife very much. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah, that speech he gives at the press conference where he's like, yeah, if anyone knows anything, just uh, yeah. let us know. And then obviously her parents, who are used to being the public eye, come mm. forward and do that heartfelt speech. And just his face where he's going, fuck, yeah, I guess I should have done it. I should have yeah. done that. But the parents are bad because they're trying to flog their book series yeah. as well, which is a brilliant. I don't like the fact that she's you know this amazing Amy thing is just even more sickening and annoying when she's like I could do no Amy did anything wrong and then she got a dog and it's like I don't care about that but I like watching the parents go uh, amazing Amy is available and like, I think that's really clever because they're not perfect either mm. what was I going to say have you read um, Albert Camus The Stranger <laughs> so there's mm. this idea that um, no did you, did you do it on purpose <laughs> no sorry I realise what to sound like now but I've started I'm, now I'm reading that book that you told me to read uh, The Sunken Land Rises Again oh it's so good yeah it is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you find it hard like I found it hard to get into the I got a bit bored when she goes off to Bristol um, right yeah I'm not in, I'm not a huge fan of this that bit the Midlands bit yeah, yeah. the Midlands bit stick with it uh, yeah it I gets like super now, weird yeah now she's got back to London that's quite good yeah, yeah he's yeah I like Shaw I like reading about Shaw yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry I'm miles away I tell you what let's have a break <laughs> I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We had a big pause because I need to remember what I was going to say. So, yeah, in The Stranger, Le Tranger, so he kills a man. That's but he's French, so it's just like, okay, whatever. But he doesn't cry at his mum's funeral. And because he doesn't cry at his mum's funeral, they are like, he he's guilty. He's guilty anyway, but the thing is, they don't think he's shown enough. Is it a short book? It's quite a short book, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, they don't think he's, you know, because he doesn't react with uh, society's 
version, Western society's version of grief at the time, they are like hang him kind of thing. So, and it's that sort of thing that yeah. you don't perform correctly, then you're done for. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a, it, it's it satirizes like the whole like idea of social media and celebrity and the being in the public eye and public opinion and being popular by faking it. Exactly. So the thing is, so he's done the press conference that hasn't gone very well. And then we're learning about the treasure hunt, uh, which I, again, makes me hate her more. Like, I'm not, I'm allowed to hate her. She's a fictional character. But women that are really, that anyone actually, not just women, they're so into their relationship. They're like, I want to play a game. It's like, who's got the fucking time or patience for that? But you're saying that she's a fictional character, but she's also a fictional character who's a fictional character. Yes. The woman who's doing the treasure hunts isn't who Amy is. Yeah. This is a projection. She's making this, she's doing this to pretend to be the person she thinks Nick wants and she thinks the world wants that she doesn't give a fuck about yeah you're that. right and then it always makes things not to slag off this girl that you used to see but do you remember that you talk about that girl it's like I want to go dancing in the rain and it's I like mean, it's yeah, the that, exact I mean, same that, thing that lasted a week <laughs> yeah but when, when I think <laughs> of that that's <laughs> as far as the word dancing <laughs> by the time she got to rain Chris was out the door <laughs> it's just that performance thing of I want to seem yes. really playful and yeah. I want to see, and yeah. we are all of those things everybody's all of those things but the treasure hunt thing you just like you do know people like that it's like I find it so jarring that's a personal thing there obviously the oh my favorite bit like, just the problem is then I, I was once with a girl who did a, did a, did a treasure hunt uh, i was like i've done a treasure hunt round london great. Like, oh this is gonna be a busy day <laughs> uh, but then it was it was fun i think that's nice it was nice yeah. we, talk, was... we talk about sociopath here i think that's nice yeah. i do them for my niece because yeah, on... she's a child yeah <laughs> Easter, it's a cute that... thing to do for a child <laughs> the problem i have a child is, is not then gonna feel like when you do it for your niece she's not yeah. gonna go god Damn, what do I get Chris for his birthday? Am I going to have to do a treasure no, hunt for him? How do I think that? But if you're in a relationship, you then, I certainly go mm. like, oh my God, now I've got to equal that. And like yeah. in some way, something thoughtful and requires more <laughs> than just going, I'll take that one, please, mate. Yeah. Do you know what? I've done a treasure hunt for someone. Now I realise it's not the treasure hunt. It's the relationship thing. I did it for my friend's 30th, a treasure hunt round London, mm. where it, <laughs> this, this won't surprise Was you. Was it in pubs? Where <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bar crawl. <laughs> the treasure was beer. Yeah. yeah. So at each pub, what's the treasure? More beer. So I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Yeah, it was in pubs. So what happened was you had to solve a clue, and each clue you solved took you to one of her old favourite pubs, and more guests were waiting for her in each pub. Mm. They were the prize, and so I did. All- if you were the guest in the last pub, you'd be fucking hammered by the time she eventually got. But there. I did it so like the most sensible people went last, so I knew they wouldn't be like shit face. <laughs> but I did it by the time so I we've got had there. all the treasure. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, I'm going. I don't know. We're going. Fuck it. That's uh, nice. I'd have done it with uh, pubs with the, with the clues based on the pub names because yeah. you could have a lot of fun with pub names. Yeah, oh, that's good. You're better at that sort of pun thing than I am. I did struggle a bit, but yeah, it was that's his job. That's true. Right. <laughs> That's true. When I, when I was Did you not hear his clue on Monday? <laughs> Fangs for the movies. Uh, when I was at uni, we were we were drinking one night in a pub, and four people dressed as the A team came in, had a drink, and then very Already great, and then very loudly left and said said they were going to the next pub, but they were saying it really loudly, weirdly. And then about twenty minutes later, uh, a, a bloke came in with his mate dressed as soldiers, had a drink, and then he said, "I'm Colonel Decker. Has anyone seen the A team?" And we all went. Well, yeah, they went to the room, the room up the road. <laughs> Thank you. And they were gone. They were just doing that all night, not that's, even together. I love that. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. That's so good. See, that's kind of that's what Amy's doing. Fun yeah. sort of shit like that. Yeah. It's all right. It's not that bad. The so am I supposed to hate them both? I think it's good writing because you've got you got oh yuck, and it's good because it's like no one speaks like that, and it is a false memory. I think so. Mm. When they're having their conversation about the recession, and he's like, oh, I might get lose my job, and and she's like, don't worry about it, and he goes. You're extraordinary. <laughs> you think when did your boyfriend ever go? You think about you is you're extraordinary. Like get out, get out. Well, he didn't. He didn't know, did he? No, it's he a, didn't. It's a false thing. So that's it's, fine. It's, it's it's great though. It's so clever because you don't know that when you're watching it. Yeah, that's the thing. So time for some bad Nick because he is banging one of his students and mm. you shouldn't be doing that. Mm. Uh, and according to Amy, this is when you start to realise... He's seen the Blurred Lines video. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, it feels very... What is the year? 2014. It's one of the Blurred Lines people. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. Emma, Emily Radja... Kowski. Why do you even Kowski. try and say it if you've not practised? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Emily. Uh, big fan. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, 
according to Amy, he doesn't want a baby and he assaulted her and she tried to buy a gun. And then you're starting to wonder mm. about him. So the first time you see this, you're like, oh, did he do it? Because if you heard those things at that point during a missing persons event, you'd be like, well, you definitely, you know, you already think he did it anyway because he's the partner in that relationship. But um, you start to wonder about him. And then he does sort of mutter, I love it. And he's like, I'm sick of being picked on by women. Mm. And so I presume all the women in the audience first time around are like, fuck you, Ben Affleck. Yeah. And all the men are like, I don't know. what Are you like, okay, fair enough. Or are you like, that's a dick thing to say. I don't yes, know. Yes, you think it's a dick thing to say because we think, it's, you think, if you think your wife's dead, yeah. you're not moaning about yourself. In this, you're not having a pity party. Yeah. I feel sorry for him where that woman's all friendly, false friendly yeah. to him with the chicken frito mm. pie offer yeah. and then takes the selfie and before he can realise why that might be bad. The idiot. He's, ta- he's done it and then when he sort of asks her the favour and he tries to go, can you delete yeah. it? And then she's like... It ah, feels real. Oh, it's very good. It yeah. feels real because we do understand that these people exist to do that kind of thing and, and, and want to either romance these victims or just be be around them. But also, you know, that's the thing about Nick. He's just a wally. Yeah. The bloke is a complete wally and, and that just gets him into trouble time after time here. I gave him the benefit of the doubt and thought he was just kind of drunk slash hungover constantly because I thought that's why they put so much drinking in. Like, he's always drinking. Yes, he is always Because drink. he's sort of in that alcohol But Margot says it, isn't it? You, you, you come across as either angry or glib. That's, mm. that's, your, that's the problem with you, especially when you're hungover. Yeah. Sorry, go. Gross. Please don't call Margot go. I just let's talk about Margot for a second because so that's Carrie Coon. So she is she's a brilliant actor. This sassy sister thing, twin, twin sister. It's gr- fine, whatever. He needs a foil that they can spar and do whatever. But she's got absolutely no interior life to the point where it doesn't feel believable. Like I get that she's maybe mm. in this sort of symbiotic thing with her twin, but he's got quite a lot going on. And the last shot where she's like, "I'll always be here for you." Like God, go and do something else yeah. with your time. It makes you start thinking twincest might be happening. I know because I like that word. That's good. <laughs> I like what they've done there. Uh, B, but yeah, all you need is like maybe she's got a group of mates at the end of the bar that she chats with. Uh, and so yeah, I totally agree that because I think she gives one of the best performances in the film at the yeah. end when she's crying when she realizes what's going to happen yeah but but equally yeah I agree she just seems a bit like who are you yeah it seems a bit sad and a bit weird so um, Nick's not doing very well at sort of in the public face of things and things evidence wise are unravelling a bit faster there's quite a lot of blood in the kitchen it's her blood she was pregnant they're in loads of debt and he increased her life insurance policy and then they find this woodshed full of shit so it's not looking very good for him what I hadn't noticed all this time is it's the, it's the fifth wedding anniversary so it is wood is the gift yeah I hadn't clocked that it was the woodshed yeah very good later on he's like I went to the woodshed for you you're like nobody says that <laughs> yeah no that's 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 embarrassing that's the thing he says on the telly I went yeah. to the woodshed for you like it's a phrase <laughs> like, it's a thing. like everyone's meant to go well he's atoned for yeah. everything he's yeah. done like, and the cops are like yeah we know we've been in the woodshed well we know what you're doing like we, 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 that's not a thing that's not a thing so then we realise okay because her diaries most likely lies even though just sticking up for people that tell lies one lie doesn't always mean everything's a lie let's no, just do that I, I agree like I think he she probably I think she probably did catch him out doing the same thing with the girl that he did with her in terms yeah. of the first kiss yeah that feels like something that bloke would do yeah and it feels like something that would help push this sociopath over the edge yes yeah. definitely um, but equally you know you don't deserve to be <laughs> go to prison for life for that no and also she's lying about a lot of stuff but as she will admit to in a second but she probably isn't lying about Nick taking all their money and draining all the fun from their life and shacking up with someone else. Like we know that those things are yeah, true. Yeah, I mean the, the bit where he is play uh, watching playing video games when she comes in and tries to talk to him. Yeah. I, I believe that because that that might be me. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I want to talk to you, love. Um, I'm watching the director's commentary of How the Duck. It's actually for work, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> So, so not really this scene in the movie uh, uh, at all. Uh, a very, very different, nerdier, nerdier version. What not? Also, it's Crystal Palace, come on. <laughs> so, is everything a lie? Because she's not even dead. She's what? So, what? She's so much happier now that she's pretending to be dead. Do you remember watching this? Did you think he'd done it? And then, because I don't think you do probably and then having not read the book and then were you really shocked by the twist or had you figured out by then I feel like they're giving you quite a lot just before I didn't figure it out but I knew something was up because of the runtime so you you know you, you're watching you're feeling the pace of the thing mm. 
and I was surprised and then I was a bit disappointed but the cool girl monologue just blew that all away because that's the first time I'd ever heard it. So I and it nearly wasn't in the film. That's mad, isn't and, it? And it, it? So it was interesting the journey they went on because the, the, the studio, when they bought the book, she said, you've got to let me write the first draft. Yep. And then Fincher comes in. She thinks, oh, I'm screwed. Fincher says, no. He, uh, the line was, let the writer write. She came back with, she was told to do anything over 120 pages uh, will, not, will not get made. Mm. So she made it 120 pages long. <laughs> and Fincher said, that's too short. Put the other stuff back in. Then it was too long. <laughs> they cut it down. And she said that speech, she could not figure out where to put it. It didn't fit anywhere. And actually, where it is here, it's voiceover when she's putting on weight and just trying to change and things. And it, it works perfectly, actually, yeah. because she's literally changing her appearance yes. to be the opposite of what she's talking yeah. about. Yeah, and to be like more, you think more her, when the clothes she's wearing, she's always trying to blend in, but you think like maybe that's more who you actually are because you, mm. you're wearing what you feel comfortable in. Mm. So it's a slightly different to the book, but I'll just, do you mind if I just read out a pared down version of it? I think it's quite no, important. I think that's All right. important. You've sort of talked about it a lot. Proceed version. Being the cool girl means I'm hot, brilliant, funny woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes and birds. Who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex, and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow still maintaining a size two. Very good. And every man wants his version of the cool girl. Maybe he's vegetarian, so you see these girls in the cars when she's driving, when, you know, Amy Dunn is driving down the highway. The cool girl loves Satan and he's great with dogs, or maybe he's a hipster artist, or cool girl is a tattooed, bespectacled nerd who loves comics. Cool girl is basically the girl who likes every fucking thing he likes and doesn't ever complain. How do you know you're not cool girl? Because he says things like, I like strong women. If he says that to you, he will at some point fuck someone else because I like strong women is called for I hate strong women. <laughs> Like, what do you do with this? Like, this is just this idea. It's the size two thing, which is the US version of a UK size six, just to give that some. That's a little bit like Inflation Corner, just yep. so you know what's going on there. Fun. It's just like that made, I, that just blew my head off because it's like, oh, someone else has noticed these things that you're, I don't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. But that idea of that girl that's supposed to do all these fun things and be super thin and be up for everything and never moan about anything. You feel like you know a person like that. And then you just think, well, I can't say anything because it's, you know, not very feminist to like highlight it. And then she just did it. And you're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm mm-hmm. so over stuff like that. It's good. Like, does it make you feel uncomfortable? No, no. Okay. I, you're you're kind of like that. Though, aren't you? You're yeah, up for anything. Come on, you like yeah. the things we love. I watch a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll watch a football with you. Come yeah, on, it's yeah, fun. Go to the football. pub. Yeah, you've been to Crystal Palace with Chris. I did do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 with the lads. You went to yeah. Virtuosity at the BFI with Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah you really are. So I, why I mean, am I vir- doing... Virtuosity is up for anything. If you've been to see that at the cinema, <laughs> it's because she's cool. <laughs> it was for work. <laughs> have we done it on the show? Oh, we have, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it was good because it's like, yeah, I do do those things. But am I doing them because I'm trying to be someone that I think men want, or am I doing it for me? Who knows at this point? Like for the, for the job on the show, yeah, for the, for the job <laughs> <laughs> to get the job. <laughs> so, uh, virtuosity was before the pod, so <laughs> no, we would do. Was it just for pleasure? Was it really? It was when we were doing the other version of the pod. Uh, yeah, yeah we so. we have to pretend we're interested in what women say, so we get sex. What did he say? <laughs> Sure. So it works both ways. Sure it does, yeah. It's a two-way street with that sort of thing. Um, so the only... You've gone quiet. I was just trying to work out. What to you, say? You know, I... <laughs> it's like Thelma Louise all I... over again. <laughs> I, I very rarely self-analyse, uh, and certainly not with a critical yeah, eye. No shit. <laughs> That's our job. Yeah. That's our job on a Tuesday well, night. Exactly, but when, it, when, it, when it's information that's new to me, I do go silent and go... Who am I? <laughs> right, like, because you like girls like that. Well, I'm just trying to work out whether I would say that I like, I, like whether I listen to what girls say or go. That's interesting. Uh, do you know what? And I'm going to say that you don't, no. and, that, and that's probably a compliment at this stage, right? Well, so, certainly no. Because to finish the sentence, I don't do it for sex or not for sex. <laughs> what do you do for? This? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to work out. <laughs> I can't believe you've been so utterly undone by this. <laughs> Alex is laughing, but there's tears flowing from his eyes. Uh, a lot of questions are going to come out. Uh, Isn't it funny that like this sort of searing polemic of what it means to be a woman has got to you so much? That's not fair, is it? Yep. Anyway, so the only... And I read a lot about this. It's like, was... 
was Amy ever the cool girl? Do we see her being cool? All we talk about is meat platters and wheat beer and that's kind of cool girlish. But we don't. maybe we don't see enough of the her trying to be a cool girl to please her man mm. that when you're getting the cool girl speech for me who's never read the book I was like I don't care about that because the speech is so amazing mm. and then what that makes a bridge to is I think Amy Dunn like I said I haven't read the book has changed from being a, a woman kind of driven to whatever she did to essentially this bunny boiler she gets very horror film towards the end when she's covered in blood and she's sat in that wheelchair and she's been super spooky she's very brilliant and do we want to be adding fuel to the fire of like not believing women when they say they're being abused but it, she's a fun villain so I don't really mind mm. like, and I didn't know what I was missing I didn't if, did you feel betrayed when you read the book were you like I can't wait to see that and the version that David Fincher showed you didn't feel like the book it felt like more of a straight up this bitch is crazy kind of thing I can't remember how different she was in the book I just thought this was a very good film I was sort of dreading certain scenes like the stuff with Desi because it's horrible in the book and then you've got you know you've got Fincher shooting that mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's amazing. and then it, it really goes to town I've seen this film three times now and it's a scene I properly dread coming like almost one of Ford one through it. Yeah. It's dark. But yeah, I mean, I think what the problem was that a lot of people raised that point. A lot of people went, she's gone from being this very complex character on the page to a bunny boiler kind yeah. of character in the film. Yeah, and I don't mind because she's a sociopath from the off. She's just a villain. Yeah, she's just yep. a buddy now. Yep, and she's a really good villain. So she's with a good layers. villain. But sociopaths tend to be like, I've thought forward, chess moves ahead and all the rest of it. And I still don't get this, but tell, so tell me what's going on. She befriends Greta when she could stay hidden. So she moves into that sort of rented accommodation. She yeah. whacks herself in the face, which is brutal, to change her appearance so she'll be less recognisable. But why does she even go out in public? I don't know. I mean, it's my change. So oh, right, fair <laughs> it enough. Doesn't, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't work, does it? Someone who is this clever. Yeah. And as you said, she I believe she is thinking three steps ahead. So for this to happen and unravel so quickly and so obviously, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work. I don't and she leaves Nick all the Punch and Judy stuff. So he figures it out. And he's a bit of a doofus. So it's like she's made, she must have made it so obvious. I mean, she has made it so obvious because he's meant to be like, a, you know, like you said, a bit of an idiot. So then he gets representation uh, from Tyler Perry. Now this, oh, let's just spend a minute here. Like it's complicated, but not as well, right? Hmm. So we got, is it called Tanner? The, uh, Tanner uh, yeah. Bolt. Tanner Bolt, that's a brilliant name. A wonderful name. So Tanner Bolt says, okay, yeah, I believe you straight away, which is like, okay, cool, good. But what you're going to do now is you're going to go to another man who's fallen foul of her ways and we're going to talk to him. Now that scene hasn't aged well in that way because if this really happened in real life, the wor- the very worst thing you could do is go and talk to another man to go and get his opinion about why she's a crazy bitch because mm. that isn't going to fly. Like You could talk to a woman about it, but it looks like the men are ganging up. Yeah, who is it? Is it? It's not Tyler Perry who goes to talk to him, is it? It's no, Ben Affleck, no, ben Affleck yeah. goes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's on one level. You when when his representation gives him that advice, I don't think your representation now would give you that advice. They'd say go and talk to him, or I'll send a woman to talk to the woman. Don't you go and bully a woman to get like this testimony. But then on the other hand. Um, the scene itself, so it's Scoot McNary play. I can't remember the name of her ex, but anyway, he's saying a lot of things that wouldn't play in his or Nick's favour if they were public. So when he's saying, he's saying that she framed me for rape, but there, there are words that he's saying that if you lift them out and take them out of context, like so much stuff is, every, the internet would kill you kind of thing. So he's like, no, she was fine. She was screaming for it. And it's like, you've misread. You've misread what that is. Mm. Like, that doesn't mean you didn't, you weren't raping her kind of thing. Yeah. So that's why it's a really interesting scene because you you walk into that thinking, well, this is this is the men ganging up and that's bad. And then you're like, no, you're, you are you are also leaning into, the, he's saying stupid stuff that he doesn't hear. It sounds awful. And it's, but it's there to basically <laughs> show that the situation that results with Desi, the, the scene that Chris fast forwards through, is <laughs> yeah. uh, it's sort of it's it's leaning into like that isn't a big leap for her at that stage because of what she did previously. Yeah, because like I think the character whoever Scoop Maneri's character is, you're just like oh, okay. But then when he says she's graduated from rape to murder, you're like well, that's a strong line. Like I like that. And then mm. you just throw in murder out there, and it's like is she a murderer? And I think that's what it's there for. Um, Tanner's going to find her. Takes him quite a while to do that. Uh, and doesn't do that actually he's like got my best guys on it can't do it they can't find her can't find her and Nick's going to go on TV before um, his affair is public so then Amy's mugged by her new friends that's just annoying like that totally like wrecks her plan so she has to ring Desi for help this is all he Neil Patrick Harris is really good right because you can see why he's really good because you you're not supposed to feel sorry for him he's like he's a weird stalker but when 
but also, you know, Amy is a is a bad one at this point because she's done terrible things to someone who she said she loved. But then when Neil Patrick, when Desi is like, I can't wait to be reunited with the old Amy, and he says, I brought you tweezers. Rude. Mm-hmm. Use the gym. Double rude. Yeah. Right. So that you can see why she would want to destroy him, not yeah. kill him. Yeah. But but yeah. also he's saying really scary things as I well. Mean, like I'm not letting you leave again. <laughs> she doesn't have to kill or destroy him. Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Yeah. But you get why she. she he's the perfect mark for her because he's mm. not a good person the best bit because it's it, you should laugh at the writing but you laugh at him and she indulges him when they talk about going to Greece and he says octopus and scrabble and you're like oh that does sound not the octopus I don't eat I mean octopus yeah I, I did write down not a fan of Desi but that's kind of my holiday <laughs> all I do in Greece is play scrabble yeah me too uh, yeah and eat quite a lot of octopus I'd eat a, I've gone off octopus why what happened they're too clever I used to like eating them, but but squids are idiots, aren't they? So you can eat a squid. Watch uh, my my octopus friend that documentary. I did watch that. Yeah, yeah. so you can't eat octopus after I know watching you can't. that. No, they're, they're, they're smarter than babies or something. So it's like babies are stupid. All right, maybe babies are stupid. Yeah. Right, squid I'm eating. I mean, I wasn't thinking. It. You're, honestly, you're eating squid or cuttlefish. Yeah, essentially. yeah that's, that's yeah. fine. Squid yeah. are notoriously dumb. Yeah, they are stupid. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nasty as well. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah, mm. yeah. Just you ask any sperm whale with those scars from the tentacles across its giant snout and. They'll be like, squid, all right, bastards. Every time I watch this version, though, when she says she's going to kill herself, I don't really buy it or know why she's doing it. it. No, and then then obviously by this point she's turned around and said, why should I die? I'm not the arsehole. But I feel like, wasn't that what you were thinking the whole time? Or is this just the the, the result of her sick mind that the the perfect crime is for her body to show up? Kill self. You think, well, not, but you wouldn't do it really. But it's it's saying she is and changes her mind. And so I, I guess that is her sick mind is the perfect crime is for them to find her body. Yeah. But you just don't feel like she's the kind of person who's going to do that. No. Maybe she's lying to herself there, and that's what yeah. we're supposed to take from it. It's just, it's just always, it always feels like a, a lie to me. Oh, maybe she was think, really thinking of killing herself because she, she hated think... her life so much. Mm. Because it's, it's the freedom, not just away from Nick, but away from her parents and away from amazing Amy and living anonymously. Yeah, and, I and think maybe that changed her enjoyment of existence. And she does say that, doesn't she? Because gone girl, she's missing. But it's also, she's disappeared. Her own self, sense of self has gone. And so, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, which is that cool girl thing. Like if you do it too much, who are you actually if you're just doing these things all the time to, not even impress, but just like be seen, you know, all of that. That interview that you mentioned, the one with Sharon Schreiber, the character I think she's called, uh, that 30 seconds just before the interview starts is so possibly one of the greatest 30 seconds of cinema I thought you'd like ever. it. So I thought you would recognise it. Like It's, it's, it's so great. good. Her, like the predatory look in her eyes. Yeah. Like and, she's the bigger deal. Yeah. yeah. And him like smiling at the makeup artist and like, <clears throat> is it Tanner goes don't smile at the makeup artist yeah. or his sister go maybe he says it and like the makeup artist is just like doing his powder but like looking at him like, like a piece you. of shit <laughs> yeah. such a good moment and I love the fact they don't show the interview because I don't think until mm. later in the initial interview you don't see it yeah that you only see you know you do see a bit of it don't you but yeah. then it's the, the woodshed bit is the kind of this because he's like, let me do it. And all his, you know, his allies are like, don't do it. And he's like, no, I'm going to get her. And then he says, I took myself to the woodshed. And you think, is that, was that the plan? <laughs> like, that's, that's rubbish. But it does work anyway. Well, he's wearing her tie. He's wearing, there's little other stuff he's doing, oh, isn't there? There's okay, little yeah. other signals. There's two things, there's ties. two things he's wearing that she's given him. So it's his way of saying, yeah. But I'm with you now. It's, and that's what, yeah, that's what convinces her to come back. Because she watches that with Desi. And then she's like, right, I'm going to murder Desi and go home. So it, but she go, doesn't she go home because she knows he's onto her rather than he loves her or pretend loves her? No, no, I, no, I think I, she's she's fallen back in love with him yeah. oh. because he's he's performing the way she wants him to. Oh, I see. He's tricked I mean, that her. Film, he's yeah. tricked her into thinking that he's like, all right, let's do this together. Let's both like yeah. make like, you know yeah. exist in this fake fucking awful marriage. Okay, play the game. Okay. So she's been busy, though, framing Desi for some very horrible shit. Like, she's very good. It's horrible. But when she runs to the door oh, and she's got the thing tied around her leg yeah. and she's chucked the she bites juice the, on herself. She bites his lip, messes up his his hair and his shirt. Which the idiot, he just thinks he's sexy. But and she, then, she then cries in front of the camera and stucks whatever red juice that is on her knickers. Yeah, it's so upsetting. It, and then she uses a bottle to yeah. injure herself. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then it's, she murders him. It's pretty dark. It's really I mean, dark. That, that whole... The <laughs> fact that she's just... I mean, it's pretty hot, but she's covered in blood. 
Mm. <laughs> Ju- the juice bit is hard. When, when, no, no. The, the, when the I say the murder bit, when, when I say bit. I have to wind through it, I mean I have to watch it in slow motion. <laughs> but it's but it's also you know then we, we're getting some hardcore Fincher that the, yeah. the, the, the music that yeah. you mentioned and then the pictures fading in and out. Wow, wow. We're getting this like what the fuck am wow, I looking at? Wow, wow. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, it's a proper movie villain thing, and it does lean into like scorned women of fucking bananas but it is fun so it doesn't none of that matters so this in a, such a long film this bit feels a little bit rushed like mm. Nick tells Bonnie that Amy's got this whole plan and she's like yeah but probably and it's like that that doesn't feel like a police officer's kind of purview um, and Amy's driven home the scene where she's you know it's a horror film now she's got this deranged look in her face she's sort of in this wheelchair she's still they haven't obviously this would not happen in real life but they haven't cleaned her up so she's got her gown on but she's covered in blood underneath it like no one's given her a wash and the bit where Boney wants to ask some questions but I think the scene where you can see Amy like going what is what will make all the men feel uncomfortable so I'll say words that will make them feel very sorry mm. for me mm-hmm. and she plays it just right because it isn't titillating it's just, they're just upset by it so when she says oh he shaved me they're like no okay no don't yeah. no like no more yeah. thank you and she's either ignoring Boney or answering questions that Boney hasn't actually asked her it's yeah. actually very it's what politicians do yeah it's very clever it's really good um the i love the bit where tanner says to nick i saw your money troubles are over i think it's him that says it. so he says you may want to thank it but don't piss her off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's very good tyler perry actually yeah, oh, he's really because good. he's someone i'm guessing we haven't watched that many tyler perry films between us i don't know so. i watched the uh his alex cross movie not sure, good sure sure yeah he was he was all right he but was, yeah, yeah he's he's perfect for this he's re- it's such brilliant casting yeah he's very good so she's pregnant now, do you believe she's pregnant? Yeah, no, I didn't believe her at first, but then it gets validated by Nick believing it. And I know she says she got. She's the... not. Is at the end, he thinks she's pregnant because that's why he yeah, stays. She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Oh, she is. Okay. So at first, it was a lie. I know. She's and then... done it. She's done it through using his sperm. Yeah. So they've not had sex, obviously. But yeah, she's 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 this Stepford wife now. But yeah, she has to. It's her way of blackmailing him now. Yeah. She's decided. She's decided she wants him again. But how he wants to leave, she yep. realises, and so how she can keep him there is by getting pregnant and then, you know, bringing up his baby without him. He can't have this woman yeah. bring up his baby. Yeah. So he has to stay mm-hmm. now. He has no choice. It's, yeah. it's so clever. <clears throat> it is very good. And like we you mentioned that scene with his sister and it is very powerful. I think it's... Is it there for us to say... Nick will probably be all right. Like, this is a very horrible situation, but it'll probably be all right because Margot will keep an eye on him. But it, it just then reinforces sort of weirdness of like... I think it's up. there to say... I think Margot's upset because she realises Nick is actually maybe into her a bit. He's actually liking a bit oh, of this. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. He's into it. I know also and that's I, what's upsetting her. She doesn't. She feels like she doesn't know her brother anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah, or it could be, or it could be the fact that she, he was so close to escape. Yeah. It was like he saw like the crack in the door, and it was about to open, and she slammed it shut, and he's he's in it forever now. I mean, you would like to see what a woman like Amy Dunn does do with being a mum. Mm. That would be really interesting. But, but, but Go does say you you want to stay with her, right? Yeah. So he's like, she, yeah, she's fit. So she's, and she, and yeah, she's really hot. She's so sexy. Yeah. Sexy. Uh, she's covered uh, in nothing blood. like I, an argument, I, and I, then I, yeah. I, she said, "I would never ever hurt you." I do need you to participate, though. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> hello. I've got a stirring. In, in what? In what? <laughs> a stirring. Any, wow. any, any big wow. dog, big dog might have to eat tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's very hot in it's here. Really hot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up because I can't cope with any more. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's hot in here is what I meant. So, Temperature's fine. <laughs> But, but sorry, just, and just on top of, of Nick being oh, into on it. on top. <laughs> everything. Um, uh, Gillian Flynn did say that she drew some inspiration from our old favourite Rosemary's Baby. Oh, nice. She said, I love that it just ends, you know, hey, the devil's in the world. And guess what? Mum kind of likes him. <laughs> and that's what she's sort of wow. done here to Nick. Um, but she did say that she was interested in writing a sequel. Yeah, well, oh, got not interested, but she thought about it. Where are they in ten years? Uh, Gillian Flynn said, "No way, good." But it was seeing um, what kids bring out in Nick and Amy would be fascinating. Well, because mm. if you do the cool girl thing, if you you know it, it, that's what she's saying is like women feel this way. It's a very you know specific subset of people, but like 
straight women feel like they've got to do this for straight men. And so they do all these things. And then the parenthood thing, there's so much pretending that goes on there. Mm. So what would she do with having to put up with all of that? Like, it's there's so much front and there's so much performance, which is a very sharp contrast with the actual reality of it. But she would love this baby as well, so a bit. Smash herself in the face with a rattle and say the baby did it. Yeah. Yeah, they are heavy, notoriously heavy, those rattles. Idea for a, idea for a sequel, Gone Baby. Gone. Gone, mm. yeah. I nearly made that joke earlier, no. but I didn't. You were right not to. <laughs> right not to. Uh, gone, baby, made, gone, baby, um... baby, gone, gone. Oh, that's nice. So it is hot in here, so I think it's time to go. Right, let's do the bits then. So what's your best scene, Alex? Uh, I, I mentioned I love the smile. Uh, I mentioned I love the few seconds uh, before the interview starts with Sharon Schreiber, but my best scene is... Uh, Probably one of the sexiest scenes in movie history. It's Desi's death. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll just go, no, uh, it's the same for me. <laughs> hey, I don't feel like a widow. <laughs> yeah. I want to get out of it. <laughs> uh, what's Is the big dog gone to um, sleep? <laughs> <laughs> That's the second scene I think of when I think of this film. But yeah. the first is the smile. It's a moment of absolute genius. When it was in the trailer, I was like, "Oh, this is they're gonna they're gonna nail this." Yeah. And I, every time it's coming, I know it's just it's so perfect. It says so much without any dialogue. So the smile is the right answer. And who, Chris, is your most valuable ever? <laughs> well, uh, Ben Affleck <laughs> is right. the best thing in this. But I got to go, Gillian Flynn, okay. because. Uh, and, and she thanks David Fincher because she's made the move to screenwriting now, like, yeah. and that's with his help. But yeah, I and think Steve Cloves didn't Steve Cloves have uh, a hand she in helping she... out? Not in the book. And Gillian Flynn came up with this story, wrote a fantastic book, and helped adapt it into a fantastic movie. So yeah, she's my most valuable. What about you? Uh, well, almost Neil Patrick Harris coming in there as Desi at the end, <laughs> uh, making the movie very sexy. Uh, almost weirdly, I do love Kim Dickens as Bony. She's I fantastic. Think she's really good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so is. good in this, uh, but it's it's Affleck, and it is weirdly for that smile mm. because it's not just the fact that he smiles in front of the poster; it's the smile that he's chosen to use as an actor. That the way his mouth is is just immaculate in that moment. But yeah. he's great throughout. And when they were, you know, funding this film, there was an issue because uh, and and Affleck believes they sort of broke through this problem that people have when they're um, financing films and, and producers, studios are agreeing to them. The myth of the likable protagonist. No likable protagonist in this film. So they were saying this is this might not work as a movie. But he said it works because he's an honest protagonist. Audience has responded to seeing something real on screen. Yeah. Um, but he also said it was quite unpleasant to have the whole world keep going on about how perfect you are yeah. to play Nick Dunn. <laughs> Beyond just the fact that he's in the public eye a lot. It's just like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of you in this guy. The he's, writing's he's so perfect. good when he's doing his apology, when he's like, you know, I'm, I'm just a man that made mistakes. Oh, but they're so good when they're throwing the jelly beans at his head and they're like, stop it. Like, stop smiling. Yeah. Stop doing yeah. that. Yeah. And every sentence, and you, but you fall for it. When you hear those interviews where someone's like castigated publicly and they give out this apology and, you know, we're all getting really good at recognising a shit apology versus yeah. It's a really good apology. Oh, we, I, we got I, to, I think we're good at yeah, recognising this we are. When Jeremy, Clark, when Jeremy Clarkson was doing it the other yeah. day, I've sent, I sent bits you of it You can't to use Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> as an example it, for, to, to but, back up your argument. It's it was, Jeremy Clarkson. But it was the perfect owning the narrative speech, yeah. uh, uh, statement rather, that, that yeah. everyone does. You've got to say the same three things in the, the same order. Yeah. And when you say, I'm sorry I made you feel like that, or I'm sorry, mm. that's a shit apology. When yeah. you say it's not, it's out, everyone will tell you it's out of character, that's a shit apology. Like, and, but you, these people make these mistakes all the time mine is Rosamund Pike though yeah because she got an Oscar nomination she yeah, got an Oscar good. nomination or the cool girl monologue because that, that's fucking awesome but she just I, you know when I read more about it I, maybe I would have been disgruntled if I could see the change from a woman pushed to do something by society or whatever to Bunny Boiler but if we're going to do Bunny Boiler we'd just do it properly and she's just so odd like she's so hard to know even in her own version of mm. herself. And then she's just a brilliant sociopath. So and and again, she's... that's why she got cast. Fincher said, I couldn't read her when she came in the room. When I spoke to her, I didn't know who she was. And that's who Amy needed to be. Yeah. And he said to her, you're an only child. She said, yes, I knew I could tell that. You're, <laughs> you're, you're perfect for this. Uh, what would you change, Alex? Um, so they've convicted... By the end, they've charged, rather, sorry. They've charged Nick with Amy's murder based on circumstantial evidence, yes. I'd say. Nothing nothing concrete. 
And when Amy comes back, and it's done in one scene, and I think you said it's a bit quick how they wrap this up, but it's the scene where she's in front of the FBI agents and Boney's there as well, and she's giving this performance. And it seems to be that Boney has some legitimate questions, which, as the audience, you're like, yeah, I don't really see how she's going to get away with this. Oh, yeah, she's totally there for the audience's benefit, isn't she? And yeah. Boney basically goes, like, I, I need to ask you about this. And because she's saying things like blah, 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 whatever, shaved and stuff. And the FBI agent, it, it seems to be that Amy gets away with it because a guy in the room goes, she's been through enough. Yeah. And, and that's it. But if you sort of look back at what Amy's done in this movie, she's there is absolutely grounds for her to be charged with Desi's murder. I mean, on the basis of yes. the the like the way she's describing that she he snatched her and stuff, yeah. and she walks willingly into his mansion on the CCTV. I mean, if you sort of look back along her journey, it's unconvincing. But you do you 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 do sorry. What was I trying to say? You 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 play with that, don't you? So she they go. You walked in willingly, and she's like, "What am I supposed to do?" You know, mm. you, the, and those perceptions of when someone says they're a victim and people pick it apart. Well, you went back to his house or you did this or you accepted a job after that. Like, so you, he didn't do those things. Mm. And those are really naughty and interesting. And you, it maybe it's because it's more common now to have those conversations than it was then. I don't know. But you walking in willingly to someone's house yeah. is definitely something a police officer would say, therefore you weren't kidnapped. And now you might be able to say, I was terrified. So yes, I did do those things. So you think Amy has an argument. I mean, take that. I think Boney in that move, in that in that room is talking about the, the wood shed she's like so exactly talk me through the woodshed thing and the guy's like shut up bony leave this poor amazing amy alone and it's like those questions if it's not now and sure like the fbi are aware of like the fact she's riding this wave of popularity it's like this is an amazing story they don't want to seem like the villains in it but at some point that will die down and at that point you know, anyone who takes a proper look at this case is going to go, she's definitely... The way around it. it is so quick. It's like, you, there's no murder case without without a dead person, right? And then it's just, it's wasted. We have wasted enough time. We don't want to waste any more time. So it only works. This is what they should have done. If Then when Nick's like, Boney, help me, she should have gone, I don't give a shit anymore. My job is finished because a dead person's not dead. So it doesn't matter. Right. And you then deserve each other. Yeah. What's your change? Well, I said I hate I hate the way she loses her money. That needs to be less dumb. Yeah. Um... Maybe they did this on purpose, but don't have the talk show host called Sharon and Ellen. It's too confusing for me. <laughs> um, but maybe, you know, every time I watch it, I think, how would I feel about this film if it faded out when she shows up and collapses in his arms? Mm. Because yeah, there's so much good stuff in that last 20 minutes, but equally, it just feels like we're going on a new journey. You know, it's, yeah. it's the marriage satire section of the film. And I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like the film to end earlier, I think. But it's 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 how many questions does it leave you with? But it still has left Alex with those same questions, mm. even after they've tried to explain it all. So I don't I don't know if the, if that scene was just tweaked a little bit. Um, I think it could be a more potent ending. Yeah, because it feels like it sort of fades out rather than hitting us in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mine is, we talked about, I wish Margot had her own life. This is a little thing, you'll like this. I would like, Tanner is a lawyer, is he not? But yes. what he, all he gets to do is very good PR and image management. He doesn't get to do lawyering in court. Mm. So I wanted him, I wanted, I wanted him to get, not, not get him off, but get him like, you're going to, you're going to be on remand or whatever. No, I'm doing some cool lawyering, which means he's got 10 minutes on the outside to sort his shit out. He does do a lot of delegating as yeah. well. He doesn't really do anything himself. Like, I've got some good, great guys on it. Yeah. What, what are you doing? I'm busy. Because he's so good. I just want to see. I want that moment in yeah. court where he's like no and he gets two weeks before he has to be back but, up in but, court or whatever. but is that not the point do those guys do much lawyering or, or is Johnny Cochran just a guy that wants to be in front of camera all the time and has yeah. other people do his dirty work but do he's about celebrity yeah. uh, that's it we're that's done it. wow yeah. alright that's Gone Girl The Fugitive is Monday it is time for The Verdict you want answers I think I'm entitled you want answers I want the truth Everyone good? Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the stare you give me, it's, it's terrifying. It's like, <laughs> am I meant to do something? Oh, we, we all did that very well. Right then, uh, my choice is this week, so I'll pick who goes first. Uh, Chris, what are you voting for and why? The Fugitive is good, <laughs> but it's not as good as I remember. Gone Girl is just as good as I remember. So rather than go with nostalgia, I'm going to go with my actual brain and I'm voting for Gone Girl. One vote for Gone Girl. V. So, Gone Girl is obviously not here, but The Fugitive has got Harrison Ford, who you will watch do anything, 
And Tommy Lee Jones just was, it was, what a fun evening that was, because <laughs> I'd forgotten how good he is. I don't think the fugitive has got a proper villain. I know we've got the one-armed man, but we don't, he's just a, he's a gun for hire rather than your central villain. But maybe Gone Girl's got too many villains because Amy's bad, Nick's bad, the police are bad, the interviewers are bad. Um, but I think, and I also do think this is of its time for The Fugitive. I don't think they thought it was necessary to give the attention to character that Gone Girl does because they're like, we've got Harrison Ford, no one cares. So Harrison Ford is a doctor and everyone's like, that's cool, that's enough. Like, So I think even though I feel more warm towards The Fugitive because of nostalgia, I do think Gone Girl is a better film. <sighs> We have a winner, and the winner is <coughs> Gone Girl. Uh, just so 1993 you know. me is very upset right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> you can't believe it. Disappointed with myself. Uh, well, let me make you feel better. Nah, no, no, I went for Gone Girl as well. 100%. What nostalgia boy? Yeah, sorry. No, in this instance, I the Fugitive is not one of my big nostalgia movies. I'm rewatching sure. it again. I just don't love it. I love Tommy Lee Jones in it, but as a movie, I, I, I don't love it. Whereas Gone Girl, I do think it's a little bit style over substance. I think once you sort of strip away how fucking cool Fincher made it look and how amazing the performances are, I think underneath, under the hood, there's a few things that don't quite work, but I'd watch it again tomorrow, whereas I don't need to see The Fugitive again, mm. possibly ever, but at least not for a decade. <laughs> so yeah, Gone Girl, three for three. If you disagree... If nostalgia is something that is tickling your glands right now, maybe making the big dog stir, then get on our Twitter poll when it goes up and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it. That'll be coming up on our Twitter at ClashBod shortly. Uh, Right, let's turn our attention now to next week and a pairing from the one and only Chris Tilly. The clue on Monday was what? Fangs. (laughs) Fangs. <laughs> the word fangs. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Um, substituted for the word thanks. No, well, was it? Fine. Well, not really. Uh, so the movies are from 1985, Fright Night, and from 1987, The Lost Boy. Ooh, what a pair. I love that. I what love a that. pair. I'm really thanks excited. to the hundreds of people who have sent that in, and that has been one of the most suggested pairings we've ever had. Mm. Um, so we're finally doing it. Yeah, I don't know why I made a noise like the wind then. (laughs) You're excited. I am excited. I'm excited like the wind. Um, (laughs) There's vampire wind in Fright Night. Is there really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, <laughs> I was, good. It was a good clue. Way ahead of my... I should and, have... I'm kind of in Lost Boys oh, as well. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a strong breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Under the boardwalk. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, should that, have been the clue. That's why That's why you subscribe to Clash Pod for uh, impressions of the Shit wind. Shit like that. <laughs> oh, the wind. And on that note, we're going to leave it. We'll be back on Monday with part one of next week's pairing as we talk Fright Night. Have a lovely weekend. Speak to you then. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.